your haunted host, Luce Tomlin Brenner. In the last episode, we once again visited the Celts to figure out if they had a hand in developing the first skeleton Halloween decorations. While it remains possible that Celts decorated their homes, altars, and even horses with skulls and skeletons as a warning to enemies, the question remains, how did we get from this extremely dark and serious representation of skeletons in early Celtic traditions to the essentially harmless representations we see at Party City today. Perhaps the answer lies in a time period we've so far skipped. Let's check in on the Middle Ages. This period in European history starts from the collapse of Roman civilization in the 5th century CE to the period of the Renaissance, which is variously thought as beginning in the 13th, 14th, or 15th centuries, depending on the region. Late in the Roman Republic, complete human remains would have been less common due to the widespread practice of cremation. Cremation was likely invented around 3000 BCE in the Stone Age, but it became very popular in Grecian burial services around 1000 BCE, and then eventually it spread to Rome. It seems that skeletons played a much smaller role in Roman death traditions based on the limited prevalence of human remains due to cremation. This was the result of the largely urban settings that most Roman citizens enjoyed. Many actually lived in apartments. I had no idea apartments even existed that long ago. In these types of crowded cities, less room meant less in-ground burials. Bodies that were not cremated were to be taken far outside the city limits. Emperor Julian actually objected to corpses being carried through the streets. Quote, This practice pollutes the eyes of men by its ill-omened aspect. And Emperor Theodosius the Great believed that the presence of human remains violated the sanctity of the home. Theodosius, by the way, also banned all forms of pagan ritual in 395 CE, so his opinion isn't really to be trusted. During the Middle Ages, the burial of human remains near one's home became more common as the population became more rural. Attitudes towards the dead also changed as religion took a larger and more prominent role in people's day-to-day lives. It's somewhat unclear if human skeletons were physically more prevalent during this period. Even if there were more skeletons in the ground, it does seem unlikely that people were interacting with them in the same ways that the savage Celts were believed to. When the Roman Empire fell in 395 CE, the eastern half became the Byzantine Empire, and the center for all European learning shifted to the new Byzantine capital, Constantinople. So take me back to Constantinople. No, you can't go back to Constantinople. 
been a long time gone, Constantinople. Why did Constantinople get the works? That's nobody's business about the Turks. This shift farther east caused a great deal of instability, and people looked to the Catholic Church for guidance. Did this guileless plea for information and direction cause the church to go mad with power? Why, yes. Yes, it did. The church started embracing more and more far-fetched theories to explain disease and death, which pushed scientific inquiry backwards. They were more inclined to explain an unfortunate death as a punishment for past indiscretions than to look for a scientific explanation. Beyond simply ignoring potential scientific developments, the church actively dissuaded scientific exploration, which hindered knowledge about the inner workings of the human body. And what happens when you ignore science? Well, great, devastating, uncontrollable plagues, of course. And depictions of skeletons during the Black Plague between 1347 and 1351 seems to be where some of our modern Halloween-y interpretations of skeletons actually come from. So that's where we will pick up next week, dear listeners. If there's something specific you want to learn about skeletons, death, or Halloween in general, call into the All Hallows hotline at 802-532-DEAD. Or write me an eek mail at it's always Halloween Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out on our Instagram page at It's Always Halloween Podcast. There you'll find all kinds of Halloween recommendations, as well as all the visuals that correspond to each episode. I recently put up a really fun picture of a bog body, so be sure to check that out. You can also find us on Patreon. There I'm offering five delicious candy tiers inspired by the joy of trick-or-treating with bonus content like newsletters, ghost stories, and spooky movie live streams. If you love It's Always Halloween, please subscribe. Your support means more time for me to create more material for you. You can find us at patreon.com slash it's always Halloween. This episode of It's Always Halloween was co-researched by Isaac McDaniel and me, Lucy Tomlin-Brenner. I also wrote and performed the episode. The editing, theme music, and sound design is by Pete Burns. Thanks, Pete. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at LTB Comedy and Pete at Mittenberries. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and write us a little review so that other like-minded ghouls can find us. We're also on the NPR One app, so subscribe there and tell Ira Glass how much you love us. Thank you so much for listening to It's Always Halloween, and come back next time unless you see a corpse that pollutes your eyes. <laughs>